0: Champagne, one deep in my phantom ghost. Uh, Bad bitch with me, facts. with me, where my man is go. Turn up. My youngin' sick, sick. What a inner geeky, Aimin' at your top, bust your cantaloupe. Pussy. He fought at six and he's still sellin' dope. OG. How the fuck you ballin' with a car, no I'm in the trap, real shit Where the felons go Squad. Kyrie never had a job, he always used the ball Them youngins run up in your house With his hittin' foe No man's just to let you know who did it, ho. I'm from Riverdale All I know is get it, it in I got weed, I got mollies What you tryna spend? 50K for a show With my niggas sellin' swag She a red bottom, bitch Versace shirt Birkin bag I'm again
1: Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. I'm here with my co-producer, as always, Small Town EP.
2: Yo, what's goody? What's goody, man? How you doing, bro?
1: Everything is good. Everything is good. Everything is aesthetic. Word to my boy, Jay Boogie. Shout out to Jay Boogie, man. I miss the guy. Um, I actually texted him uh, earlier this week when they released the... UFC, I think it's 287. That's gonna be in Miami. That's that's pretty exciting that. shit right there. So nah, yeah, I was like, and, and then I, I realized I'm like, okay, it says he loves UFC, and if you've ever listened to this back in the day, you know Jay Boogie, you know how much he loves uh, UFC, and in particular Israel Adesanya. So when I see Miami, I'm like, oh, Justin's gotta slide. Then I read the caption, and it's like Israel Adesanya is gonna headline, and I'm like, yo, this is like a G- oh, he's definitely going. So I texted him He's like bro For sure I I gotta try to go So shout out to him And shout out to the UFC And Dana White And them um, Not so much Dana White But you know Shout out to the UFC For uh, finally getting to Miami And putting together uh, What should be An an, an amazing night Jorge Masvidal Hometown boy gonna fight in front of the You know Hometown fans That should be an amazing thing Um, You were at the duke game in miami coral gables it it, it, it didn't necessarily go the way you wanted it to we'll touch more on that later on but uh, i hope you had an enjoyable experience i know that was like uh that was is that birthday
2: that was a christmas gift gift. that was a christmas Christmas. gift christmas i was was like yo i don't remember
1: saying happy birthday to e recently but um (laughs) (laughs) let the listeners know when your birthday is bro
2: uh, June twenty first. I'm a summer solstice child. You heard?
1: He's he's a he, what are you? Cancer? June twenty fifth? No, yeah, twenty first. Right? I'm a
2: cusp. I'm like a Gemini Cancer. It's like the last day, first day. I don't know.
1: All
0: right, all right, all right. Well, yeah, I saying? mean,
1: that's in the summertime. We got ways to go. You know, till then, what we will be seeing around that time is is these Dallas Mavericks and and <laughs> and we'll see if they'll if they'll have a. a if the trade was worthy, I'll say we'll, we'll see that. But before we even get into all of that, I did want to get the quote of the week out. It's Super Bowl week. We just passed the Pro Bowl week. It was. I didn't watch any of it except for like the water balloon toss and realized I had to turn it off. <laughs> but um, in the in the famous words of Marshawn Lynch, this is one of the best quotes of Super Bowl media day ever. I'm just here so I won't get fined. There you go there you right. go hey listen if you're listening right now i appreciate you E appreciates you we appreciate you all things sports wants to remind you just follow on twitter at ats pod we'll tweet more we promise follow us on instagram we've gotten more active at ats pod official we're gonna figure out this youtube thing and stay tuned for the weight julian show i got an episode with dj reese coming out he's a broward county legend already Um, I gave him his flowers and spoke to him about a bunch. So we got that coming up. (sighs) So, yeah, man, it's been an exciting week. It was it was it was February 3rd, 2023, and ESPN thought they were going to do this Michael Jordan day. But, you know, somebody somebody went and stole the show on his day.
2: (laughs) Oh, man, Kyrie to Texas, man. I think one of the biggest blockbuster trades that we've seen in a while, Mavericks get Kyrie and Markeith. I want to make sure I pronounce his name right because of the brothers. Markeith Morris. And to Brooklyn, they're sending Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first round, 2029 second round, and a 2027 second round. Julian, what does this mean for the West? What does this mean for Luka Doncic?
1: Well, I mean... Yeah, to to go back on what you said, yeah, this shook up this shook up the day, right? Kyrie Irving a, a few weeks ago was saying how he wanted to stay in Brooklyn and then probably be there long term. Obviously, we heard after the trade that the Mavericks, or excuse me, the Nets were like trying to put together a contract that was like stipulated on them winning a championship. This, that, and the third. As soon as his camp heard that, they were out of it. They were like, "Listen, we're not going to do that. We're going to just go ahead and request a trade right now." Obviously, Kyrie Irving and the front office in Brooklyn have not been able to see eye-to-eye eye recently um, over the past probably year. or ch- I mean, uh, since he's been in Brooklyn, it's been a weird relationship. Things have gotten better, and then they've obviously declined again, and, and now Kevin Durant's <laughs> over there with Ben Simmons alone and Harden's <laughs> balling out in Philly, and now Kyrie has an opportunity to play with you know, if not the best player in the game, I'd say it's Giannis. But someone argue it's Luca. Yeah, it's it's really exciting. So just to answer your questions, I think for Luca Doncic, what it does for him, it gives him some help, right? It gives him another guy that he can lean on and move the ball to, and doesn't you know, so that he doesn't have to be as ball dominant as he is. Is that saying he's going to change that? I can't promise that. You know, Luca Doncic loves mm-hmm. handling the ball and taking all the shots, but um. His game is going to have to mature and grow if he wants to uh, win that championship, which, you know, I'm sure he'll have his fair share in his career of opportunities to get there and then uh, execute. So this is just one step closer for Luka Doncic in his goal to get an NBA championship um, for the Western Conference, though. I think it shakes things up a lot because we were talking about this. I'm not sure if we were on air or if we were off air, but we were taking a look at the Western Conference standings. And there's some teams there that we're not sure are going to be there that are going to be there come summertime, right? And one of those teams is the Sacramento Kings. And I'm going to keep looking at them. I'm going to keep pointing them out until <laughs> I feel like, you know, there is a lot of promise here. And and not to say there isn't, but um, as much as De'Aaron Fox and Demonta Sabonis are having great seasons, I just don't know You know, after that all-star break, if they're going to be able to keep it up, right? I don't know that powerhouses like Golden State, um, Dallas with Kyrie Irving now, Phoenix, if they're going to get their act together and clean things up. The Pelicans went and lost 10 straight. They've just won two straight finally. They're a team that can bounce back in the mix to that five, you know, four, five, six, not four, but maybe five, six, seven seed. So I think it does a lot when you when you add in Kyrie Irving first time being on the West Coast or not West Coast, but in the Western Conference, by the way. So it'll be new for him. But, man, it, it's 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 a shakeup. It's a, it's a big shakeup. The Clippers are playing good. Sacramento, like I said, they've played good all season, but we don't know. Memphis, to me, they don't stay at the two seed all season. They'll drop down. Um, Curry's missing some time now, so that's going to give Dallas an opportunity to keep climbing as you know, Kyrie and Luca kind of uh, what is it acclimate themselves together. It's 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 an interesting thing, man, and I'm excited to see it. I don't know that this is a championship team. I don't think it is. Uh, I don't think that this is um, the winner of the West. But I think that they have a very good shot to get right back where they were last year and play in that Western Conference Finals. And hopefully be a little more competitive if they do make it, being as though they lost 4-1 to the Warriors. And nobody was stopping the Warriors last year. They were they were on a mission, and Steph was on a mission to get his fourth ring. So you got to give credit there. But, man, you know, personally for me, it's an exciting trade. However, if we're going to go so far to, you know, do we think they got better, they got worse? I think you got a guy like Kyrie Irving, you, you get better automatic right That that's Absolutely. the type of guy who can score 40 45 on any given night he can average he's averaging you know probably north of i think he's averaging like 27 a game right now or something like that 27 5 and 5 and um it just it's just such an impact player that takes so much attention off of the star you already have so um they'll have to figure their kinks out as far as who's going to control the ball the most of the time and take the shots at the end of the games and things like that but i think jason kidd is is well uh i don't know the adjective but he's he's ready for this moment you know when we saw him coaching in milwaukee and what he had to do with an early Giannis, it was tough for him he got fired then he went to or he went to brooklyn then he went to the bucks and it was tough but now with this Mavericks team, we've seen him, obviously, go to a Western Conference Finals, coach a guy like Luka Doncic at that point guard role, and then just adding another point guard, like that's his expertise. So if anybody can do it and coach him up, I think Jason Kidd is the man for the job. But I will say this as well, Dorian Finney-Smith, that's, that's a tough loss, right? He's a six seven wing defender. You know, he's a big, tough guy and, and solid knockdown shooter. You lose him, and now it's like, when you play the Kawhias, when you play the LeBrons, um, when you play the Paul Georges, Andrew mm-hmm. Wiggins, even Zion Williamson, like who's going to be the guy to stop him, to stop that person in Dallas? Because we know damn sure it ain't Luka, even though he's six seven, right? We know damn sure it's not Kyrie, even though he's a bigger guard. Um, Facts. And you also lose Dinwiddie. Right? who's who's a knockdown shooter and, and had Production. a big role, yeah, a big role in, in, in what they had last year. So it's funny that this Dallas team, the same Dallas team, they went from the Western Conference Finals and then they traded two key pieces from that team to essentially try to upgrade their roster, which they did, but they also did it at what cost. It's one of those at what cost things for me. And we're going to see that. We're going to have to let it play out and develop. Um, But they're sitting at five in the West right now at 29 and 26. And I can see them. I can truly see them securing a top four seed in the West, if not, um, you know, minimum six. So I think it's a good trade all in all.
2: I mean, I'll say this whenever, uh, like you were saying earlier, whenever a player like Kyrie Irving becomes available on the market, every team that has a possible chance, regardless of. Whether it fits, doesn't fit, you think it fits, no one wants him, you know, your fan base doesn't like him. That's if you're not sitting down with your organization and having a legitimate conversation about, hey, what is this possible? What could we pull off? You know what I mean? You're nuts. Um, Before we move on, though, I do want to ask you this. Uh, What does this mean for KD? Does KD, like, you think he's staying in Brooklyn at this point? Do you think Brooklyn is on a complete just. Blow it up and start over. What does this mean for uh, for for Kevin Durant and, and the organization that is the Brooklyn Nets?
1: Man, I think it's one unfair. It's it's the nature of the business, though. So, I mean, who cares about your feelings at the end of the day? But Kevin Durant, like, I saw a tweet. Kevin Durant just wanted to play with his friends and and look where look where they're at now. <laughs> like I said, James Harden's got his new best friend, Joel Embiid, an MVP candidate. Luka Doncic's an MVP candidate that Kyrie Irving's balling with. What I'm hearing is that Kevin Durant might be going to play with an MVP candidate, and that's if the phone lines are ringing truly, if you know uh, offers are being entertained, but the Celtics are a team, is the first team that I've heard that Kevin Durant might go to, and that's a package revolving Jalen Brown, and obviously, we know how much the Celtics value Jalen Brown. We saw his production throughout the playoffs last year, um, kind of regressed in the finals a little bit, but... You know, first finals, you can't kill him for it. He's still getting better uh, at his age. But you imagine a Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum lineup like mm. that's that's a MVP candidate and Jason Tatum right now and somebody who's toward the end of their prime, but still a top five player in today's basketball. So that's kind of the only thing that i've heard so far otherwise if i'm brooklyn you know i would try to get as much as i can and, and yes i'm gonna blow it up we know that kevin durant isn't going to take you to the promised land uh by himself we've seen that even when he was playing with harden and kyrie when one of them went down the team wasn't the same two of them went down and they weren't winning games i'm not trying to rhyme but that's just how i do they lost to the celtics in a sweep <laughs> last year <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah they couldn't even yeah. win two you know so <laughs> it's just like if you're Joe Psy, you have to make the best decision for the Brooklyn Nets now like screw the star players figure things out accumulate draft picks get some capital and and listen man just you got to you got to try to figure things out from scratch if you're if you're the GM for the Brooklyn Nets in my opinion because i mean right now tr- Kevin, not to cut you off, but Kevin Durant's trade value has to be pretty high up. You know what I mean, and you don't want it to diminish. I don't see how it would. His injuries don't help his case, but it's Kevin Durant. You know what I mean. So you got to You got to let him go and, and get what you can for him.
2: Um, I mean, Joe is definitely doing what's best for Brooklyn Nets, but you know, with the the whole little agenda that he you know that was reported about him just not wanting to send Kyrie to L.A. it's kind it of reported, amusing to was me also as well. Max. <laughs> would you, oh would you, man, you
1: know what I mean would you would you do as as he wanted you to do would you uh you know appease to his needs and, and his personal wants when he clearly didn't care about yours and I'm not saying Kyrie's wrong for that yeah,
2: taking an objective view I mean as as a business because you did just mention that it's it's an, it's the nature of the business taking an objective view from the outside looking in if I was a business owner um the attention that he brought to the business. Um, that wasn't like the attention that we brought him to the company for you know what i mean yeah i probably would not want to uh give him any type of uh, a <laughs> settlement package or anything like that that you know he I mean, that was favorable to him
1: at all oh, yeah, go play with go play with your MBA best friend who you won a championship <laughs> with how about screw the both of you all right and and you know Joe Size got some cojones for that and I respect that because Facts. as you mentioned there was some unwanted attention that was brought to the Brooklyn Nets franchise and that in turn just just made everything we look at Brooklyn Nets and it's like this has got to be the worst uh the worst era of a big 3 right or quote unquote big 3 that we've ever seen because these guys played like Less than a season together in all games, you know. What I, mean? I think all three of them played like 16 games together, healthy. And then KD and Kyrie played like 74 games healthy or so. They won one playoff series, um, and and frankly, didn't do anything. They didn't do anything to this league. They didn't scare anybody, right? And and what's really crazy about all this is that the Kevin Durant shot where he had his foot on the on the line it really to totally oh, changed the trajectory of of where they went because who knows if they go into that next series Kyrie Irving doesn't come back healthy James Harden gets more rest and they maybe they win the finals we don't know that maybe they win the finals versus the Suns right and you think if they win the finals James Harden leaves you think if they win the finals Kyrie wants to leave you know what i mean things like that and don't that doesn't mean because there was already issues like the vaccination thing, and you can feel however you want to feel about it. If, if you're crying about Kyrie Irving not wanting to get the vaccine, that's just a personal problem. Like, I'm not going to judge a man at the end of the day, a grown man, just because he's a basketball player or an athlete for his beliefs or his views on things. Now, when you're talking about the anti-Semitism thing, that's where it gets tricky and you can't defend it. However, I think Kyrie Irving realized he made a mistake he apologized and and acknowledged his mistake and i mean as again as a man what more do you want if if you're just on the road of he messed up we don't like him he doesn't deserve anything nice after that then i mean you know i'll pray for you but that's not what i'm here mm-hmm. for and i understand as humans we talk too much sometimes we make mistakes sometimes sometimes we say things we don't truly mean but guess what? When you're Kyrie Irving and you got millions of people watching you and you're in the New York media, this is going to get stretched out. Did you see the New York Post today?
0: How I did see that. Him? Nasty. Like how
1: disrespectful! Nasty, nasty. How disrespectful! And I get it. You know, there's got to be some salt when you're as the New York Post. They, they're always going to, you know, put put you on the front cover. Um, but to to put a to do list. So they the, the sports page of the New York Post. It's covered with Kyrie's face and a to do list. Checked off every box. It says, Your work here is done. To do list. Pocket more than a hundred million. Miss 134 games. Hey, I I I feel that pain. I feel it. (laughs) Refuse the COVID vax. Promote anti Semitic movie. Win one playoff series. Demand trade. You know, that's just like you're trying to tarnish somebody's legacy and their character and Kyrie's not everybody's favorite. Right. And Kyrie has his views and his opinions that not everybody agrees with, but guess what? He's his own person. And I know that what he can give you on the basketball floor can contribute to an amount of success that you can only wish for. Now on the flip side of things, I'm not going to act like I don't see some of what they're saying. Kyrie Irving does get hurt a lot. Kyrie Irving misses a shit ton of games. Kyrie Irving has these views and these thoughts sometimes that he says, and we just look at him like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? I get it. I get it. But at the end of the day, if you want to win a championship, you need to take a risk and you need star players. Kyrie Irving is the player, in my opinion, you take a risk on as a star. So it's just that plain and simple. Um, thousand do, percent, now, now, thousand percent. If I can just jump to a question here for you, like Mark Cuban, we know that he's uh, uh one of those owners who, you know, he's a big personality. Obviously, he's on TV, he has investments all around the world, um, he's one of the richest. Now, do you think knowing how good of an investor he is, right? He knows what a good buy is and what a bad buy is, he knows how to sniff things out years before it becomes a problem or before they become a blessing. Does he go and give Kyrie that four-year, $200 million contract at the end of this year if all goes well, knowing that that can come with whatever Kyrie's baggage is right now? Because I ask because he can also say, you know what, we're trying to win a championship this year and we'll just take that contract for now, figure out in the summer, you know, what we're going to do, but we just need Kyrie on this roster right now. We feel like we can win. Do you think that he did this move for the right now or the long term?
2: Um, I think he did this move for the right now of it. I think, like you just mentioned, getting back to the Western Conference finals, being able to uh, make it a little more competitive. They were at the gate last year, you know, Um, and they just unfortunately weren't granted access, you know. Uh, so I think this is a right now. I don't think that, like you said, he's a very smart man business-wise and, you know, like just a, in general, a smart person. Um, I don't think you make that public, obviously. I don't think that you move in a way that Kyrie would, you know, suspect that, Yo, you know, something fishy going on around here. I think that you do it for the right now. Um, you Like you say, you take the chance on a star player like that. You see what happens, you know, this uh, these last you know, a handful of games and uh, and then you take it from there in the summer. See what the vibes are.
1: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I also do think that him being the type of guy he is, he's willing to take that risk for his franchise. We've seen Mark Cuban, you know, want the best for this franchise. And that's that's one thing I respect. Um a whole lot of about Mark Cuban is that he wants to see his fans happy but as a businessman he wants to see the seats filled and he wants to see the jersey sales going up like i would sign Kyrie Irving to a 200 million dollar extension for you you're, you're going to sell 200 million dollars in jerseys <laughs> off the rip you're going to sell time. 200 million dollars in ticket sales and jerseys off the rip you know what i mean so like at the end of the day, how bad of an investment is. If you want to trade them, you're going to have teams who want Kyrie, who want Kyrie on their team. It's not. It's, and I'm not saying every team's going to jump at the bait and be like, I'll give you everything. But at the end of the day, I think Kyrie, if you sign him to that contract, it'll still be movable. But at the end, I said it at the end of the day four times. I'm sorry for the listeners. But <laughs> I do think Kyrie Irving is worth – The four years, $200 million, and a little bit of excess baggage. I think he's going to bring extreme excitement. He's going to give you great opportunity to win. He's going to give your best player and your franchise cornerstone an alleviation. And that's what we've been looking for in Dallas. So, like, you know... You can't have it all, but you can have some. And they got a they got a a a handful, if you will, in Dallas right now with Kyrie in uh, in in good and possibly weird ways. We don't know, but I think more for the better than the worse. Um, That's that's a good. I will say,
2: yeah, no, I will say before we uh, before we move on. um, Kyrie is used to, I will say, somewhat in a way, playing with a star caliber of a Luka Doncic in a way where he's used to playing with a player that is getting double teamed a lot where, you know, he has to come up with the big shots when he has to come up with the big shots in those moments, you know? So he's, this isn't, this isn't a situation that he's necessarily new to in a sense. Right. Obviously the, the personnel around him is absolutely brand new, um, but you know, it's, it's basketball. And and if there's one thing that you know, you can trust Kyrie on is that, he's going to go out there and he's going to re- he's going to see the court the way it needs to be He'll seen perform. and he's going to make the plays yeah absolutely. He'll 100%, absolutely. absolutely I
1: think I think that he needs to go back to number 2 that's that championship Kyrie <laughs> that number 2 Kyrie um Tim Hardaway's already in 11 don't even ask him to buy it just go back to number 2 if that number isn't retired in Dallas <laughs> I don't think it is but in all seriousness Kyrie Irving to your point is used to playing with the superstar he played with LeBron James. Obviously, in his early career, before LeBron came back, I mean, it was what, two, three years that he played without LeBron James. Two, three years in his career, LeBron James comes and he's, you know, Cleveland's the biggest thing in the NBA. Then he asks for a trade, goes to Boston, plays with a young Tatum, granted, there's a young Tatum, um, but a Tatum that was what, the third pick of the draft, second pick of the draft, you know what I mean? Hungry. And after that, he goes to Brooklyn. And he gets James Harden and Kevin Durant. Now he's got Luka Doncic. It's nothing new for him to play with the superstar caliber player, like you said. So I think he'll fit right in. Um, Kyrie as a person, from what I see, he's a lovable guy. He looks like an amazing man that you 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 wouldn't mind being around like if, if you're if there's a lot of people and this is all subjective this is all my opinion you know some people think he's annoying because he believes the earth is flat like hey bro how about we grow up and realize that you as an individual have your own brain and own cells in there and they're allowed to think what they think and if they don't mm-hmm. disrespect me my family or you know things that i stand for I don't think we should have an issue with that. Like, I don't see the problem of having an issue with somebody who thinks that aliens are real or fake. You know what I mean? Type of thing. So, especially when he can cross everybody on the court up and get a bucket on anybody. Like, what are we talking about? So, there's bigger issues in the NBA than Kyrie um, and, and, and some of the little dumb shit that people are mad at him for. There's some shit that he does. Or I'll say there's some things that he has done. Really, the anti-Semitic thing to me is the only thing that kind of crossed the line as far as like, ooh, that, was, that wasn't that was a good look. That was disrespectful. However, he, he he apologized, right? We can get past that. We can get past that. He acknowledged that. I think this is a hit for Dallas, but I'm not too sure that that's a championship roster. So I'm not sure if they're done either with this trade deadline coming up on Thursday. But right now, if you ask me, they've improved they've improved but just just saying that they've improved from last year doesn't as far as on paper roster wise doesn't mean it's going to guarantee them the shot at that western conference finals again so we got we got you know about a month and a half to two months left of basketball and it'll be exciting for him to you know get in the flow of things over there in the west thousand percent
2: thousand percent i know you alluded to uh Kyrie's trajectory the last couple of years and the teams that he's played with. Uh that Big Three experiment in Brooklyn didn't work out, obviously. It blew Not up real quick. Uh on the flip side of that, let's talk about some of uh well I'll ask you, what's uh maybe give me your top two favorite big threes that you've uh that you've seen play.
1: Well, we know everybody that knows me and knows Julian as a friend, <laughs> as a brother, as a soon to be uncle, you know, shout out my sister in Iraq having a baby this summer. Expected in July. Appreciate and love y'all. That's awesome news. Um, as a son, as a best friend, as a classmate, as a co worker, as a co host, if you know me, you know I'm a Heat fan. And I think you know that it. LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch were some of the most amazing times in my life because i got to watch three all-stars and all nba level players in their prime link up as, as and best friends best friends best friends link up and enjoy the game they love and go to four championships win two you lose one of those championships to the same Dallas Mavericks team we were just talking about with Dirk Nowitzki, Jason Kidd, which we shouldn't have lost to, but you give credit where it's due that they outplayed a Sean Marion. You know Dirk was unguardable in that series. Uh, then you got the Spurs we lost to with Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, Tim Duncan, and that's the other big three that I'm going to go with. And you probably agree with me there because, I mean, if you're asking me who I watched, don't get me wrong, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett, amazing. And, and man, they had some times, but you know what? Fuck the Celtics, okay? And I'm not going to do that. So, with respect, with respect, the Spurs, as much as I hated playing them, we beat them in one finals, we lost to them in the next that team, growing up ever since I was six years old or whatever, seven years old, whatever the case was, I got to see Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili completely dominate the West, and and you know they were a threat every single year. So I'll say those two big threes right there were were really it for me. Um, what about for you?
2: I'm definitely going to share your sentiment on uh, the Miami Big Three because that was just like. And granted, again, we live in Broward County. We lived, you live in New York now, but we we were living in Broward County, and the entire tri-county area, like Palm Beach to Day County, was just on fire for those years. Um, so that was just definitely some of the most vivid basketball memories that I can remember. Um, I really, I want to put the Manu, uh, Tony, and the Tim, you know, up there because. Uh, but I also just don't want to agree with you completely. So I'm going to pick a yeah, different yeah. one. Fair. Uh, <laughs> but how, how, um,
1: how fundamental and amazing was their basketball? How easy did they make things look on the floor? With the the big
2: fundamental. They <laughs> it, it, it just made it look so easy.
1: It was so they, annoying because it looked too easy. Like, how do you not, how can you not guard these guys? Big Shout facts.
2: Big facts. All three Hall of um, Famers.
1: All six of them boys is Hall of Famers.
2: Although I wasn't able to see it live. um, I've always gone back and watched uh both of those Bulls runs to be honest. Uh mm. like I've i YouTube the games very frequently. Like I'll be in a studio mm-hmm. just playing those games on YouTube. Um so that that Kuko Pippin and Jordan duo, what it Trio. came to be and what they did, that that's that's probably next to smoothie silky, like the like you know, they was like the the Spurs are making it look, they was making it look, but it had like a little grit to it at the same time. Yeah. You know, the Spurs were just silky smooth with it. Like that that Chicago Bulls team was silky smooth, but it was it was gritty. It was it was real hard floor basketball.
1: Powerhouse defenders and Jordan and Pippen there, right? Like I mean, both sides of the ball. It was obviously a mismatch in most cases when Tony Parker was trying to defend. Griff credit to Manor Ginobili. Obviously Tim Duncan was solid at his position, but you know, Jordan and Pippen was, was gonna kill you on offense and then lock you down on defense. So I can definitely agree and and during the pandemic obviously we got the last dance. Man, good times. We got the last dance, but we also had so much free time that, yeah, like you say, you know, you was putting things on in the studio. NBA TV was running reruns. Um, I was watching YouTube games. I was watching the Pistons and the Spurs old championship. And and I was also going back to watch some Michael Jordan because I was just such an, like we had, there was just this fascination with Michael Jordan once the last dance came out or leading up to that as well, that it was just like, you know, us as nineties babies, me being 95 you having a couple years on me we don't have to share that but (laughs) but um, uh you know we didn't get to see it you know in person we didn't get to experience it like you said with LeBron and Wade and Bosch those were some of the most vivid fun memories we had we went I went to some of those games um but I didn't get to experience Michael Jordan in in the flesh and and as they explained it to me so I had to go back and do my research and yeah bro Silky Smooth is, is definitely uh Another way to describe him with, with, a, with, a, with a dash or two of grit. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bro. NBA. NBA yo, can, we to... we, we, oh, hey, can we give
2: an honorable got? mention? Before we – can we give an honorable mention to that early Detroit team in the early two thousand? <sighs> we got Wallace,
1: Rip Hamilton, and Tayshaun Prince. Come on. And then Rasheed yeah. Wallace over there.
2: And then Rasheed Wallace with the high tops, with the uncomfortable high tops. <laughs> hey,
1: that was a great transition. I'm glad you did cut me off because NBA is going to heat up, Right. We're gonna start talking way more. We got one more game. It's the big one. It's the one for all the marbles. All 32 teams <laughs> fought all season for this one. Well, not all 32. Some of them tanked. Shout out to the Bears. Shout out to the Texans. <laughs> but all 30 teams, not <laughs> a bunch of teams, was fighting. Man, to get to Super Bowl 57, it's gonna be uh, February 12th, this coming Sunday. And we were just speaking. The boy, Rashid Wallace, a Philly native. Kansas City Chief. Damn,
2: I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. That's crazy. Feel
1: me? Philly native. Kansas City Chief fan. Talking cash (laughs) shit on IG. (laughs) You know? He's like, yeah. I love that. I gotta go look look at that. But Kansas City. Hey, man, it's going to be a big game out in Arizona. The players landed, I believe, yesterday on Sunday. Uh, media day was today and and i don't want to go too much over that i know we want to talk about the lines right we'll see where the lines are at right now and maybe give our early uh first day of the super bowl week you know maybe what we feel yeah. like right now it's still early when we yeah. have episode where we locking in on our bets and we're and we're trying to cash out but right now this is just the uh the uh diagnostic for our lines and and what we feel is is, is going to go on uh sunday night however Also, Rock Nation Brunch and the Grammys were this weekend. But if you're still paying too much attention to the Grammys after Kendrick Lamar lost to Macklemore, that's a personal choice. I'm not going to say nothing too much for that. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I wanted to go over some of the questions that were being asked here at Media Day, right? I mean, listen, we've heard crazy questions we asked at Media Day, but I think this is some of the the wildest stuff um, this year. Before I even get into the questions, I want to let it be known that the NFL, as much as a money grab as they are and as much money they make all season with, whether it's direct TV Sunday ticket, whether it's, you know, the experience, whether it's going to the game, buying jerseys, all this. You can't blame them. It's amazing business. They charged fans to get into the Super Bowl media day for an experience at $25 a ticket and $15 to park. So. <sighs> They're hitting you on the head off the rip for $40. That's just before you even walk in. And when you get in there, if you want, you know, the NFL's official beer, Bud Light, shout to Pat McAfee. What? You know they'd be like, what I mean? What? $10. $10. <laughs> e, have you ever paid $10 for a Bud Light? Have you ever ordered a Bud Light at a bar?
2: No. Okay. I can't say that I ordered a Bud
1: Light. If you asked for a Bud Light, and the bartender comes with a $10 tab. You giving that beer back or you paying that tab? My pride is going to pay it. but
2: My pride is definitely going to pay it because I, ha- I got respect for people in the service industry. Um, but that beer is not going to taste good. I mean, it doesn't taste good regardless. Of it's it
1: it's going to taste worse.
2: It's going to taste worse. It's going to taste expensive knowing it's but light. Ooh, That's rough.
1: Hey, a hot dog, $7, a Pepsi. Again, NFL official product. Five dollars. Insane. That's a can. The, that
2: has to be a can uh, of Pepsi. It
1: Has to. You know how I know? Because I was at the cookies. <laughs> I was at the cookie store. Shout the cookies NYC. Shout out to Cookies Melvin. Shout out to DJ Steph Cakes. They had thrown a, a, a An and They threw an amazing event for the Lakers and Knicks game. It was a game night on thirty fourth street, Harold Square cookie store location. Um Bro, they had three dollar cans of soda. Mind you, you know, if you ever heard of the brand Cookies or been to the store or any of their locations, I'm sure you can imagine what's going on upstairs at their locations. Soda ain't the best, you know, best beverage for that type of night. So the fact that it was three dollars each, man, shout out to my boy, uh... I think his name was Melvin. Nah, Melvin was the other homie. Forgot his name. Shout out to him. He bought me a soda, man. Appreciate you because I felt some type of way about buying it myself. And it didn't even hit the spot. I drank like two quarters of it, which is half and uh, probably threw the rest away because when I walked outside, my hands were freezing. So anyways, an official <laughs> NFL long sleeve T-shirt at $49 and an official NFL football at $59. So they were hitting fans over the head, left, right and center at this Super Bowl Media Day, day one. Now, to the questions I was mentioning. Coach Nick Sirianni for the Eagles. Can you believe, like, think about this. You're a reporter, right? You know those TikToks, POV. You're a reporter. (laughs) You get to ask the head coach of the NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles, it's Super Bowl week, media day. You get a question for him. This is your only question. You know, everybody's everybody's out there like, yeah, yeah, coach, goes to look at me, look at me. Nick Sirianni looks at you dead in your eyes, and your question out your mouth is, hey, Coach Nick Sirianni, is this a must-win game? Like, one-word answer, he's obviously, yeah, that's what he said, yeah. Like, you know, I, think, I wish people took their job a little bit more serious. Cause Yo fam. Me. soon enough and you soon enough, we'll be at Super Bowl week. We'll be at media day and we're not going to waste our opportunity with questions like that. The other question <laughs> that he got and this question, it's not the most appropriate question, but I can see how it can be asked in certain rooms and in certain circumstances. Maybe you ask, uh, maybe you ask an older guy, maybe you ask, I don't know. And it's still a weird question at the end of the day. But there was a video a few years back when Stefan Diggs was still with the Minnesota Vikings, where one of the players was going around the locker room and he was vlogging and he goes around asking, who's the guy on the team that you wouldn't want to date? Your oh, daughter? God. I remember And this. Stephon Diggs, I I'll say this Stephon Diggs got everybody's vote. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, Laquan <laughs> Treadwell, Adam Thielen, like everybody. I remember um, this. Stephon remember Diggs this. tried to defend himself saying, Listen, they don't know me well, <laughs> right? It's his teammates, right? Of five years. But um, all in all, the point is Nick Sirianni has a five year old daughter, and they asked the question to the coach with a five year old daughter, who on your team do you not want to date your daughter? and he goes oh, my daughter's 5 years old like can we be for real can we can yeah, we, can bro. we get a, a little serious you know what i mean can we be can we be appropriate right um so those were two two things that kind of oh that was that was two of three i had another one uh those are the two questions that stuck out to me as just like come on we got to be better as a media um the third one was actually funny and and i appreciate the uh, the guy who took his opportunity to talk to the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, he said, hey, Jalen, you know, a lot of people, including myself, didn't expect you to be here, uh, be the starting quarterback of a Super Bowl team. He said, yeah, I know. You're not the only one. He said, I just wanted to take this time right now to man to man tell you I'm sorry. Jalen Hurts looks at him with a smirk and goes. Cool. It <laughs> <laughs> was great, it was. Great. That's like that's, what you that's, thought that's, he that's, was gonna give you like his knows, number man. or something, you know like y'all was man? going to well, like no no, no, hold that Patrick mahomes, <laughs> hold that, so I mean, those are my takeaways from media Day, you know day one they'll have some some more stuff. I don't know if you had any takeaways um but Man, I not wish, too many I, I haven't, I haven't were...
2: been able to catch too much of it just yet. So That's all good, uh, man. You didn't I'll miss too much. Some...
1: Obviously, obviously these reporters aren't taking their jobs way too serious. <laughs> so uh and 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 I guess I guess what are we from 2014 to 2023, about 9 years later, I can finally 100% cuz I understood some of it back then, but I can 100% now say that I feel Marshawn Lynch. And this is exactly why we led the podcast with the quote of the day, uh, the quote of the week. I'm just here so I don't get fined. He ain't got time for all that bullshit.
2: Yeah, I love, I love, I always love in that that clip how he set the expectations. Uh, He was like, yo, off the
1: rip, off the rip. Uh, Y'all
2: can ask the questions y'all want to ask. Like, I feel you, but I'm gonna keep answering with the same answer. (laughs) And the reporter's like, hey, Marshawn, what's your answer? I'm just here so I don't get fined. And then 100%. that was the only thing he said after that.
1: Hundred <laughs> percent, hey man. So, like I said, that's 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 right now. Did you have those lines up?
2: I do, I do, I do, do? I do. Let's
1: let's go over that real quick before we get off that subject there. What are, what are the lines up
2: for? So are? we got Philly at minus one and a half, minus oh, one ten. Okay. Books got it locked up. Kansas City at plus one and a half. Uh, that total has gone up half a point. It's officially at fifty one um okay i don't know and kansas city went from plus 110 to plus 105 so there's money coming in on kansas city apparently um again early on in the week that under is interesting because i personally think it's not going to be a very high scoring game
1: Mm. i'm thinking you smashing smashing under
2: I would smash the under personally. Um, uh, not official for you know any of the uh, listeners, um, but I think it's gonna be like a twenty-four seventeen type of game.
1: And and the maybe reason even twenty-four twenty-one because the lines can change, right? And we don't know the injury report. I know that micole Hardman. I I don't believe he's expected to play. You said that Clyde edwards Alaire. You know, was activated. activated. Yeah, you know, we got some some caveats here and there, and we're gonna have to see as the week goes on. Hopefully, nobody deals with any illness, no sickness. Everybody's good, Um, you know. So, so we'll 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 take it like that. However, um, if you ask me, I'll smash the under as well. As of right now, as I'm as I'm feeling that that defense in Philly, you know, we saw Cincinnati was was able to contain. And I think Philadelphia is going to do a little bit better of a job there. And then, um, you know, Philadelphia is a, a great offensive team as well. But they'll probably dominate more running. Um, Jalen Hurts probably doesn't throw for over 250 yards in this game. So, yeah, I, I would play it safe and, and take that under. You said Philadelphia minus one and a half? Yes, sir. I would definitely cover that. I would say I would say Philadelphia covers uh, minus one and a half. As of right now, so that's just me though. Uh, I heard that. All right. I'm not gonna give any so,
2: predictions on the sides yet. <laughs> I,
1: like I like that. We'll save that for Thursday's episode. Um, we'll we'll clip that so that you know, post it, everybody can hear it, and it's locked in, and hopefully people can win some money off of you know the words we're giving out. Free game, All right? Shot the less, uh, less risk, more profit
2: less risk more profit them boys cash on the islanders money line tonight yeah islanders money line yes
1: sir hey ep (laughs) talk to me about uh i mentioned man you was in coral gables earlier you made it back home safe and sound to to sunrise downtown (laughs) fort lauderdale but uh i'm sure it was a long drive home coming back from that 22 point loss in the gables wattsco center duke blue devils coached by john shire Weren't able to get it done today. I didn't catch the whole game, but when I turned it on, we were already losing by double digits. So I figured, oof, it's going to be one of those nights. Hey, in what world are we living in that it's the Miami Hurricanes are a basketball team and the Duke Blue Devils are a football team? (laughs) We got whooped. We literally got whooped by the Duke Blue Devils football team. And we put – the Miami Hurricanes, I, it's funny, like the dynamic me and you share with the yeah. Miami Hurricanes football fan and Duke Dev, uh, Blue Devil basketball fan. Hey, call it what you want. I have my reasons for why I like certain teams or the teams I've liked. And I've liked them all since I was under 10 years old. So, you know, fight me about it. But, man, the the Hurricanes in football got demolished, demolished by the Duke Blue Devils this past year which never happens, uh, and, and this Hurricanes team, who went to the Elite Eight last year, are getting better, are getting better and possibly on the way to a Final Four. Talk to me about what you saw last night, the energy you felt, and uh, some takeaways, bro.
2: Um, I'll say this. Uh, Duke played Miami a couple weeks ago, talking about lines, uh, and Duke was a five-and-a-half-point favorite in Cameron Indoor Stadium and only won by two points. It was a close game, and they only won by two points. Flip side of that, fast forward. Today, Miami is favored at home by three points against the same Duke team that they just lost to by two points on the road. Now, Duke being two and five now, or two and four um, on the road. I looked at that line, and I literally told my girl the other day, I was like, look, it's going to be a good game but we're probably going to lose a game. I'm going to, I'm just going to be straight up, uh, especially coming off that North Carolina win that we just had very emotional win. Biggest game of John Shires coaching career at Duke playing North Carolina for the first time and pulling out a W, uh, against a team that frankly, um, one of the best in, in, in the nation, to be honest, you know, um, Armando Bay uh, loves over there you know what i mean they're, they're they got hoopers over there um i thought it was gonna be a close game but to see a 22 point loss 21 turnovers 13 yeah. steals miami had like and shout yeah. out to them boys because you know what they put a clinic on like it was it, it you got to give them credit where it's due because they did what they showed up and they knew what the assignment was um but ugh, 21 turnovers is gonna get you every time um, and we got to clean up our road act, man. We have to clean up our road act. The uh, first true road test was Wake Forest. They they showed us what was Poppington, you know, coming over there. And then we had NC State. NC State, twenty one turnovers that game we right. had as well. So like it's 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 interesting that we're undefeated at home, but we uh, this road record, man. But I know it's a growing pains. It's John Shire's first year. It's. Um, but I could tell that he was very frustrated tonight. I was watching him on that bench when I was there and he just looked distraught, like didn't know how, you know, to to to, to respond coach in the moment, maybe. to respond, yeah. to make adjustments. Um I do I I mentioned this to you earlier off the air. Uh I did like Jaden shoot getting some garbage time in minutes and uh you know, being confident and uh playing some defense, being confident putting some shots up. Uh, freshman who was number one player out of uh, Illinois in high school last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it, 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 it's scary, man, because we got Virginia on Saturday and yeah. they are the number one team in the ACC, man. So I'm going to assume that it's wheels up to Durham tonight. They probably are landing. And the, if they haven't landed already, they're probably landing very soon. And I'm going to assume, bro, like three o'clock, five o'clock practice tomorrow, man. Like you, you got to get back at it because. Virginia's not gonna play either, especially going to Virginia.
1: It's gonna be tough, bro and I mean, this is good though I mean, I was listening to the coach I forget her name and and forgive me the coach for uh Jesus Christ Yukon basketball just played this weekend, and I can't remember who they who they lost to um Man, I hate that that slipped in my mind, but anyways, the, the coach the coach for that team, she was just mentioning, you know, this is the atmosphere that the girls need to be in right now to understand what it's going to take to win a national championship, right? This is South what we Carolina have to go through. And I wanted to say South Carolina, but I wasn't too sure, so I didn't want to just talk, but thank you for that. Um South Carolina obviously one of the best teams in college basketball in the last few years. Uh, they, they went, and this is a team. UConn never used to lose, right? Seeing UConn women's basketball lose is a crazy thing. Like that's something we're not used to. So, obviously times are changing, like the weather. But they're still one of the better teams in college basketball. Um, however, it was a tough, it was a tough win. Beating UConn women is never going to be a walk in the park. It's never going to be something where you can't play tough. Uh, you, you can give up at any point of the game. So she was just alluding to the fact that this is the atmosphere that she needed her girls to get through again to, to be ready for March Madness when it's one and done and the pressure's on and you have to play, you know, four quarters straight of basketball. And I think it's something similar that we're going through right now where we're struggling on the road. We're obviously, I think, uh we're, we're playing pretty good at home this year. But teams like Miami and teams like Virginia, although they're better than us, technically those are teams that we have to get used to winning uh beating you know if we want to grow and 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 continue to be a powerhouse in this acc now again you mentioned it coach shire he's new you know it's it's a it's it's a team in miami that's hungry that team plays with energy both halves they don't stop they're gonna be ready offense defense put pressure on you but It's no excuse. We're Duke, right? It's like the UConn's women thing. Like Duke is a a, a well-known staple in college basketball. And we're meant to be having uh, to be good and have the best recruiting classes and produce right and get to the final fours get to the elite eights, get to the national titles. So we're going through a rebrand right now with a new coach. However, um, it's no excuse. Uh, It's just a good test for us right now, losing to uh, Miami and then having to go play Virginia after winning. Versus North Carolina, which was a huge Absolutely. win, and we have to give that credit there. So, you know, um, it, and it's then like I said, those... the last
2: pod. Sorry to cut you off, but like no. I said, last pod, every game is going to be John Shire's biggest game of his coaching career for the rest of the season. Going forward, you got to yeah. go to you got to go to number eight Virginia, and you have to pick up a win. You got seven games left, and three of them are on the road. You have to run the table at home and win at least two of these uh, three road games because you lose this game to Virginia and you lose anything else. And we're looking at NIT. If, if, if they want to be nice to us, man, I'm not going to lie to you.
1: No, no, I hear exactly what you're saying. So this is crunch time now, man. So college basketball, we're getting to that point, bro. We're getting to that March madness point. (laughs) Yes, sir. Hey, close us out, bro. You got any final thoughts?
2: Yeah, man. A couple things, uh, in the EPL, um, Arsenal and man city lost this weekend. Top two in EPL took, took L's Tottenham, uh, put a one nil victory on Man City and Leeds fired their manager um, <laughs> they just lost to Nottingham Forest which is they just came up from, from League 2 Championship League um, they fired their manager um, they just spent close to 40 million euros on during the transfer window which is also wild that you just fire your manager and at this point they are facing relegation um, the word is is that the owners and the board were back in the manager, but the fans had turned on him and you know, what's bad for business is bad for business. So he had to go. Um, they are not very far out of getting relegated to the English Championship League. So I'm gonna say that they're gonna have some fight in them, you know what? I might even back them this week on a little on a little wager this weekend put because... some bread on them boys <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing scarier than a professional athlete with his back to the wall as long as they can perform and uh, and execute you know
1: Kyrie see we're starting then with Kyrie Irving there you go <laughs> hey listen if you're listening and you got through, through to this point man we appreciate you greatly appreciate y'all for you know sticking with us um, obviously we'll have our Thursday episode posted as well uh, this Monday thing is is a, is always a good a good talk. And I think this was a real good episode. I appreciate you and your time, EP. E, y'all so already, y'all again, follow us. ATS Pod on Twitter at ATS Pod Official on Instagram. Look out for business cards I got coming soon. I'm gonna be flying them hoes around the city in New York. And I hope everybody starts to tap in with me. Uh we're gonna have QR codes on them and all. I got my homeboy Fire. working on them right now, and he's doing it off the love, bro. He's doing it off the Fire. love. So shout out to my boy Jordan um um you know we'll we'll work on that soon but good night brody the heat.